Dark Days of Dorothy Gale contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 46 The Blue Door Mr. Awoke in a small, dimly lit dungeon. There were no windows or doors, just four walls. On the left was a mangled mess of fur. In front of him was a woman sitting with her back to the wall. Her head was down and her arms at her side, palms up. On his right was what appeared to be another woman, sitting in the same position as the one in front of him. He jumped as the silence in the room was broken by the sound of metal on the stone floor behind him. Clank, 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 clank. He turned around to find himself face to face with the tin woodman. Oh, how, what? He stammered at the sight of the large metal man. What are you doing here? The woodman smiled. <laughs> I think the real question is, what are you doing here? Or should I say, what have you done here? He looked left, right, and past Mr., before returning his gaze to the straw man before him. His hollow eyes traveled down to Mr.'s left hand. Mr. looked down and saw a large blade in his blood-soaked glove. The blade was smooth on one side, honed like a sword, and serrated on the other, like a saw. Once he realized what it was, he dropped it with a loud calamity of clanks and tinks on the dank floor. He looked at the woodman who nodded to the right. Mr. broke eye contact and ran to the wall. He knelt down and carefully lifted the head of the woman to get a look at her face. The seamstress. Blood poured from an open wound in her neck as he tilted her head up for a clearer view and confirmation of who it was. No, he said quietly. I did not. This was not. I... He ran to the other wall, lifting the other woman's head. It was Dorothy, battered and bruised almost to the point that he could no longer recognize her. Her pretty face caved in like a melon. He looked down and saw that her stomach was flayed open. Everything she had, everything she was, spilled out over the cold stone floor in front of her. No, 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 no! This was not me. 
He stood up and turned to the woodman, who was now sitting in a chair. His legs crossed, his head resting in one hand, while his other hand rested on his axe like a cane at his side. Mister ran through the room, picking up the knife, and held it over the woodman as though he was going to stab him. The woodman tilted his head and raised one shiny eyebrow. Of course, said Mr. looking at the knife. Wouldn't do any good. I don't know how you found us. I don't know why you did this. I don't know what your game is. But you win, okay? You win. I lose. We all lose to you. The world loses to you. Is that what you want to hear? Is that what I'm supposed to say? The woodman stood up, and the chair disappeared into the darkness. Of course that's what I want to hear, he said with a smile. But I did not do this. He looked around and waved his hand, gesturing to all the carnage that surrounded them. No, no, no. This was all you. I would never hurt the ones I love. I don't even want to hurt the ones I hate. Not even you. Coming from a man who only moments ago stood over me with a witch-killing knife, said the woodman with a sly grin on his metal face. Mr. lowered his head in shame. He was right. It's okay, Scarecrow said the woodman sympathetically. I think we all saw this coming, didn't we? I mean, you're always so calm and collected. Cool as a fucking cucumber. You just absorb so much shit. <laughs> you just collect it. All of it. From the entire world. <laughs> Honestly, I'm amazed you made it this far without killing anyone. Clearly, I lack the same willpower. <laughs> I admire you for it. Mister looked around once more. No. You're lying. I did not do this. I know it was you. I know it. The woodman simply looked at him and shrugged his shoulder. Okay. Maybe you're right. Maybe I did do this. Maybe I'm just sick. But I'm not the one with blood on my hands.
He raised his spotless axe and looked at it. I'm not the one with blood dripping from my blade. It's some sort of a trick, said Mister. I know it is. It has to be. He looked at the knife in his hand. Well, if that's what you have to tell yourself. You know, guilt is the easiest thing in this life to acquire. It's the hardest thing in this life to live with. In fact, it is almost impossible to live with. It eats at your mind, your heart, your soul. Trust me, I know. But you know what is almost as bad as guilt? Uncertainty. What? asked Mr. Uncertainty. Never knowing for sure if you are or are not to blame for something as tragic as the loss of a loved one. That's the cross you bear now, Scarecrow. It's heavy, and it will bear down on you Every day, until you die, it will get heavier and heavier until you just can't take it anymore. Do you think you can really live with that? He nodded, gesturing for him to turn around. Mr. slowly turned away from the woodman, from his horrible words. In the center of the room was a small fire. Guilt-ridden and confused, he walked over to it, looking into the flames as though they might offer some kind of answer or solace. The woodman was right. Mr. could not live with this uncertainty. He knelt down at the fire's edge and lowered his head into the flames. He glanced up once more at Dorothy's body and noticed something. Her right hand was missing the ring, and her left wrist was missing the bracelet. Mr. gripped the knife and slowly stood up. He turned back to the woodman and subtly took note that his right hand had a ring, and his left wrist had a bracelet. You know what? said Mr. I can't do it. Dorothy would never want me to do this. No matter what. Neither would my mother. Not even if I killed them. They were forgiving, loving, wonderful people. 
They would not want me to die like this. Here. With you. He glanced at the body of the seamstress against the wall. But it actually feels kind of... Good. You know? To not be tied to these... Bitches. Feels good. To be free... Of their... Undying... Judgment of me. The woodman just looked at him curiously. If you don't mind, I think I might just tag along with you. The woodman continued to look at him curiously for several more awkward seconds. Huh. Know what I think? Mr. Swallowed. I think you might be smarter than you give yourself credit for. He raised his axe up so Mr. could see it again. Gripping it with both hands, he swung it. Mr. cringed in terror as the blunt end of the woodman's axe made contact with the stone wall of the dungeon, busting a hole right through it. A small concentrated beam of light shot through the hole. He swung it again and again and again, until the hole was big enough for the two of them to crawl through. Once on the outside, they found themselves on what appeared to be the castle wall. The air was thin and cool. The wind blew strong enough that Mr. had to brace himself several times just to keep from falling from the narrow walkway. He looked over the edge, and through the clouds he could see large, jagged rocks on the ground below. Nothing of interest down there, Scarecrow. We need to keep moving, yelled the woodman over the howling and whistling wind. Mr. glanced up and looked at the woodman, who had already turned away, walking toward a second tower at the other end of the wall. He looked back down for one more quick glance at the rocks before running to catch his new leader. What is it you're looking for? asked Mr. We, replied the woodman, as he swung the blunt side of his axe against the wall, are looking for a witch. He swung it again, this time smashing through the wall, making another small hole. Mr. raised an eyebrow. I see. The woodman swung once more, this time making a hole big enough for them to fit through, just as he did before. I'm told she's more powerful than the witch that cursed me. He climbed through and peeked back at Mr., letting him know it was okay for him to follow. I figure she might be able to reverse this curse on me. And I can get back to being my old self again. Mr. climbed through to the other side of the tower wall without replying. He did not like the sound of this. He was almost certain that whether Glinda could help him or not, she would likely be dead by the end of their visit. Or the woodman would be dead. And Mr. would not be too far behind. 
The second tower was immense. A large stone staircase hugged the walls all the way to the top, leading to a large wooden door. Strangely enough, the stairs started where the woodman broke through. There was a single rope hanging from the top of the tower. It had a large knot in one end, preventing it from slipping through a smaller metal ring. It ran the length of the large hollow column. Mister followed it down with his eyes, taking note that at the bottom of the rope, which was a considerable distance from where they started, was a bucket. The bucket, he noticed, sat at the bottom of a pristine, crystal-clear pool of water. "'What are you waiting for?' asked the woodman. Mr. looked up to see his new traveling companion so far ahead that he was on the opposite side of the tower and looking down at him. "'Nothing,' he replied nervously. "'Just a little afraid of heights is all.' He quickly stood up and made his way upward in an attempt to catch his informal captor. He kept his distance from the woodman, not too far away, but by no means close, either. The woodman found himself at the top of the stairs, looking at the wooden door. Mister was still catching up. He watched as the woodman raised his axe to smash through, and knew this was the moment he had been waiting for. Gathering up all his courage, he ran up the stairs, rushing the man of metal. He grabbed him from behind and swung him backward. Mister was not strong. He was, in fact, very light and very weak. The Tin Woodman, however, was the exact opposite, and therefore not easily moved. Fortunately for Mister, though, he had the element of surprise working in his favor. Startled by the rather ballsy attack, the woodman dropped his axe and lost his balance. Mister watched as his shiny adversary fell back, arms flailing about. The sense of relief and accomplishment Mister felt was short-lived as the woodman grabbed hold of the rope. Luckily for Mister, the woodman did not catch himself until after he had fallen past the stairs and almost into the water below. Unluckily for Mister, the woodman was a rather voracious climber and managed to make his way back to stair level in no time at all. He watched as his nemesis swung back and forth, the ledge getting closer with each swing, but just barely within reach. He began to panic as he realized what this meant. He rubbed his painted eyes and face. Think, mister. Think. Think, God damn it! He looked down at the blade in his hand and looked at the rope. He reached out and began swiping madly. Just out of reach, he was unable to get more than just a nick on the rope with any luck at all. He looked down at the woodman's axe with its nice long handle. He picked it up, unaware of just how heavy a solid steel axe really was. It was all he could do just to get the damn thing off the ground, let alone swing it with any kind of force that would do any damage to the rope. 
even if he could manage to reach it that far. He let out an exasperated breath. <sighs> okay, that's clearly not going to work. He looked back down at the woodman, getting closer to his own goal. Looking again at the axe, he devised a new plan. He pulled it to the edge of the stairs, keeping an eye on the woodman as he swung back and forth. Wisely, he waited for the right moment and dropped it. He watched as it fell with a smile on his face. The smile faded as the axe narrowly missed his shiny adversary. Not wise enough. Not only did the axe miss its target, but the woodman had surprisingly quick reflexes. Mister let out a small scream as his foe caught the axe almost without looking and began using it to get a better hold on the ledge. He looked at the rope. I guess there's just one thing left to do. He planted his feet firmly on the ground and stared at the rope, slightly closer, slightly farther, slightly closer, slightly farther. He focused on it, crouched his legs, and shook his arms and shoulders to limber himself up and gripped the knife. Okay, he said as he turned to the door, opening it with ease and closing it behind him. He placed his ear to the door and listened. The clanking sound of footsteps echoed through the tower, getting louder and louder. The sound stopped, and he peered through a small keyhole. He could see part of the woodman through it. He cautiously took a few steps back and waited. As the door swung open with a kick from the woodman, Mr. rushed him once again. The element of surprise was once more on his side as he managed to knock him down. Unfortunately, though, he went down himself as well. Mr. managed to grab the rope relatively close to the top of the stairs. He looked down and saw the woodman once again closer to the bottom, but climbing up at an alarming pace. Taking Dorothy's knife, he began hacking away at the rope above his head. He stopped once he realized what he was doing. Mm, if Dorothy were here, she would know what to do, he complained to himself. Looking around, he was out of ideas. The woodman was gaining on him. Okay, here goes nothing. He let go of the rope and began falling. His feet landed square on the woodman's head, causing him to lose his grip. Mister watched as the woodman fell into the pool of water below with a large, loud splash. He held his breath as he watched the woodman thrashing about the water and let out a loud sigh of relief as it turned a rusty orange before growing still. He climbed the rope to about the halfway point of the stairs and with ease swung himself to safety. Looking down at the now rusted water, he held the rope in one hand, while cutting it with the blade in the other. Dropping the bottom half of the rope was actually therapeutic, and brought a great sense of relief to his straw-filled mind. Not generally one to get fatigued, Mr. found himself a little low on energy, 
as he slowly made his way back to the top of the stairs. As he approached the door, he noticed a large wrought-iron hook hanging just beside it, long enough to reach the rope from a comfortable distance. From a safe distance. Well, I'll be, he said to himself as he examined it. Wish I would have seen that sooner. He stepped outside and looked onward at a third tower, this time with a door. He looked down the side of the castle wall and saw that this wall was surrounded by thorny brambles, writhing along the ground and climbing the side of the wall like snakes. Better be careful, he told himself as he stepped away from the edge. He almost made it to the third tower when he heard a loud, curious sound coming up behind him. Flap, flap, flap. He looked back, just in time to see a large beakless crow in his face. The element of surprise did not always work in Mister's favor, as the crow knocked him from the wall. The fall was long enough to contemplate his life and feel sorry for his failure to help Dorothy. Long enough to realize that everything he had done had led up to this very moment, and that it was all ultimately for nothing. Landing in the brambles, he fought at first, but it only caused more harm than good as the thorns ripped into his soft fabric body. His eyes faded, and everything went black as he was shredded and devoured by the plants.